Welcome to the Illuminate Church Podcast. We hope today's message is encouraging to you. Welcome to our first regular Sunday. There's no soft launch. There's no grand opening season. There's no food trucks. Sorry, guys, you missed it by one week. One week. It's just a regular. Well, I hope you find out that there's never a regular Sunday here at Illuminate Church. It's never going to be average. It's never going to be normal because when you walk into this space, as Pastor Drew was just saying multiple times, you run into the presence of God. And so you bring your fears, your failures, your problems, your perplexities, you bring them all to the place where the comforter, the counselor, the master, the teacher is here to minister to you. And so it's never regular here at Illuminate Church. Regular looks like dead ends. And when I say regular, I mean like out in the world. Without Jesus, without hope, without God. It's just regular. It's just normal American life or German life. We have somebody here from Germany today. Hello, Suzanne. Hello. Hey. Danke schön. Gesundheit. <laughs> I lived in Germany three years, and that's about all I have left in my German vernacular. Uh, so regular looks like a lack of remedies. Regular usually looks like one of two options. One, I'm going to try everything the world has to solve my problem and find it dissatisfying, lacking. Or I've tried everything and now I've just decided there's nothing I can do and so I quit. Capitulation. Surrender to the problem. Surrender to the disease. Surrender to whatever malady has come upon you. That's what's regular. We do not align with regular at Illuminate Church. We are irregular. (laughs) the only time in your life that you want to be irregular is in the place of God. We are abnormal, not normal. There's something different, something supernatural that happens in the presence of God. Evidence of that, in the last three weeks, 158 people have received salvation through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ here at Illuminate Church. That is a miracle. I wonder if when we clap for 158 salvations, heaven's like, that's it? Not that's all the people, but that's all that we cheered for 158 eternal destinies saved from damnation into the place of heaven forever and ever. Woo! Yeah, people are streaming, including myself, into God's house to meet with God, to be in the presence of life and light, and to be saturated in what he has. You made a good choice coming today. I pray that you sit there and receive the saturation of the Lord upon you, whatever you're walking through today. Amen? So we're in a series called Hi, I'm Jesus. Everyone, I've been asking you to say hi to Jesus, but this time, don't do it like he's in the room. Do it because he's in the room. Speak to the Savior. He's here with us. Say hello to Jesus. Say hi. 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 Hey. Yeah, it's weird when you're looking at me and you say hi to Jesus. Look somewhere else and do it. One, two, three. Hi, Jesus. All right. Okay, good. Perfect. Uh, This series stands to introduce us to the person of Jesus. If he were here in the flesh, standing on this platform, and introduced himself to us, you would say, who are you really? Tell us about you. What's the kingdom like? What's God like? This is what the gospel of John is all about, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us so that the revelation of God could come through Jesus. No one else has ever seen God except Jesus. And Jesus came to earth to reveal what he's seen of God. Right? Right? So he's not just a historical figure. George Washington, nice historical figure. Harriet Tubman, 
Nice historical figure, beautiful, wonderful, but they're dead in the grave. Jesus is still alive and moving and active and he can absolutely radically transform your life. He's not just a historical figure. He's not just a religious figure. Please, God, no. So what have we been learning about Jesus so far? A few things. Number one, what we learned in week one is that Jesus is what we are looking for. Every question is answered in the person of Jesus. And if that's not true for you, hear me. You just need to meet Jesus some more. You need to walk a little closer to him. And you may have doubts and like, I'm not so sure, but just keep walking closer to Jesus and you're gonna realize and find and he'll prove himself that he's everything that you've been looking for. He's the answer to every question is Jesus. The second thing we learned is that Jesus can help us skip seasons of crushing. The water turned to wine without the crushing of grapes. Now, this doesn't mean you're not gonna have hard things in your life. Our series after Easter is called Illusion, and we're gonna dispel the myth that Christianity gives you a uh, rainbow and unicorn's life. Everything is great, right? We're gonna, we're gonna deal with that illusion just like that, right? But the season of crushing is what happens when you partner with the hardship in your life. And it becomes this downtrodden, beaten down kind of life. And Jesus says, you can skip that if you just obey my word. Do what I say and the water turns to wine. No crushing. No crushing. The third thing we learned is that Jesus is the word that brings relief, that brings belief and relief, but belief. Remember last week we said that seeing is not believing, but that hearing is believing. The organ of faith is not the eyes. The organ of faith is the ears. And hearing doesn't mean audibly hearing, but ingesting, internalizing, agreeing to the word of God and putting your faith in it. And that is when you see the move of God in your life. And today when we meet Jesus, what we're going to learn is that Jesus makes strong the weak. That's a part of whose identity, that's a part of the kingdom culture, that he makes strong the weak. And our message entitled, Do You Want to Get Well? Which is also entitled, how to finally get the breakthrough, which is also entitled, Just Do Something. All three of these, I couldn't choose, so you pick one. <laughs> it's time to do something. So uh, turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter five, the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fifth chapter. We're gonna look at the first 15 verses, and today it's gonna be even more clear that Jesus's primary purpose of performing a sign or a miracle, a healing, a wonder, water to wine, was to point people to the possibility of relationship with the Father and to point people to the possibility of divorcing the devil. So if you come into the house today and you say, I'm sick and tired of what's evil and I want to cling to what is good, then you've come to the right place. If you come today saying, I, I need to divorce the devil, I need to break up with Satan. My life is too intertwined with the flesh and of the world. Then I just want to encourage you. Just meet Jesus. Just meet Jesus. John chapter 5. Are you ready? Say yes. yes. Reese, did you say yes? yes. <laughs> My man. Verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Just one of them. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Your Bible may say Bethsaida, it's the same one. And which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Verse five, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. As long as Coach Keith has been alive, 38 years. It was only a joke for me and 
Aaron down here. Nobody else laughs, so I just not that'll be cut from the next service. And okay, moving along. Where was I? Verse six. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, "Do you want to get well, sir?" The invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to be healed on the Sabbath, is what they're saying here. To carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow? (laughs) Who told you to pick up your mat and walk? Who's this fellow? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. That's why he called him sir and not Jesus. Sir? For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Odd question, but do you love me? I'll go over here. That wasn't so good. (laughs) Hey, Cougars, do y'all love me? I love you too. Yeah, I love them too. Good guys. Hey, I hope you feel that way at the end of this message. That's all I'm saying, because today is some hard teaching. In this passage, God says some rough things, some hard things to hear. But don't you know, sometimes we need to hear the hard things. Amen? Repeat after me. Preacher, tell me the hard things. Give it to me straight. I need to hear it. And he needs to hear it. That's your neighbor. Sorry. <laughs> right. Good. Uh, you gave me permission, so here we go. You're going to see that God says three things in this passage that are kind of hard, but the man needs to hear them, and we need to hear them today. The first one is a label, and we don't like labels. Labels come with them stereotypes, and stereotypes are often generalizations that seem to blanket over us, and the worst of the generalization is attributed to us. And this man's label is invalid. What's yours? What moniker are you known by because of your condition? Whether it's outspoken and the whole world calls you this, or internally you speak these words over yourself repeatedly. Mine for a long time in my life was mediocre man. That, I, that was the words over my life. What's yours? What's your label? Sometimes a label is good in this one respect that it could be from introspection. Like it could be that you don't have any label and you think you have no problems, but all the rest of the people know you have a problem except you. And so there's some truth that comes through in a label like, hey, you have this problem. You have this condition. And this man, his label is invalid. Like, wow. God, couldn't you have picked a kinder name, label, for this guy? If you were writing the Bible in 2024, could you even use the word invalid? Hippa calls up John like, hey, John, we just got a copy of your gospel. You can't call him an invalid. ACLU is going to sue you. 
whatever. Don't you know that culture was not created to change the Bible? The Bible was created to change the culture. Amen. <clears throat> and God uses the word invalid because God's not always cuddly. He's not a teddy bear in pink pajamas. Sometimes he's a truth speaker. Not sometimes. Let me, don't, don't put that on the uh, social media. <laughs> All the time he's a truth speaker, but sometimes it comes out like a laser and hits us right in our hearts. It's rough sometimes, but we need it. Invalid. Hear it another way, this word. Invalid. Not valid. This man has not been valid for 38 years. How long has it been for you? How long have you felt invalid? Well, what does the word mean? Let's look at it here in a second. But invalid sounds like this awful word, but as usual, it's a perfect word because it was chosen by the Holy Spirit to be in our scriptures. A description of this man that we could identify with even though we are not this man. Invalid. Invalid is the opposite of valid, and valid has some profound meanings. Valid at first means strong and able. Strong and with ability. Like if I were to give you a reason that made sense and proved itself, you would say that's a valid reason, a valid argument, a valid point. That which is invalid is without strength, is unable, lacking ability. This man, due to his condition, had been rendered strengthless. And because he is strengthless, he is unable to fulfill, to do that which he desires to do. I want to get into the waters of healing, that's my desire, but I have this condition that's made me invalid, unable, strengthless to do that which I want to do. And this is where it starts to become personal. As you read the scriptures, as you're sitting here today, there may be a dream in your heart. There may be something you're wanting to accomplish, but there's something going on in your life that has weakened you. It could be a physical condition, a mental condition, a relationship condition, a spiritual condition. No matter what, the strength, your strength has been sapped. It's been sucked out of your life. And therefore, you're unable to do the thing you wanted to do, like you set out to break the habit. I'm no longer going to look at that. I'm no longer going to ingest that. I'm no longer going to behave this way when I'm angry. And for some reason, I'm still doing all of these things. I'm unable. I'm invalid. I, I set out to raise godly kids, and now they're running wayward. I feel invalid unable. I set out to fulfill this dream that the Lord put on my heart, but it hasn't happened. And so I feel invalid. I was supposed to do this. God called me to do this, but I haven't done it. I'm not able. I'm invalid. It sounds terrible when you just say it out loud like that. And if we're in this place long enough like this man, eventually, at least what comes out of me, I don't know about you, is what came out of the man too. We get these excuses we get these reasons. We get these obstacles that rationalize and make us feel better about the outcome because it's not really my fault. You see, God, when the waters are stirred, well, he just says, sir, he doesn't know it's God. I can't get in the water because other people are faster than me. I can't get in the water because I'm not able. 
I can't get into the water because I'm too far back. I can't get into the water because there's too many bodies between me. He's got all these reasons and excuses that he can't get the healing that he so desires. Ooh. What are your excuses? What are your reasons? And let me ask you again. Do you really want to get well? Now let's remember, you asked me at the beginning to tell you hard things. And you said you love me. So we're all still good? Okay, good. Because I got really quiet really quick. <laughs> it sounds like a rude thing to ask somebody who's unwell if they want to get well, but it's the exact words that Jesus used to this man. He's laying there on his mat as an invalid, and Jesus has the audacity to say to him, do you want to get well? I mean, if it's me, I'm like, no. I just want to lay here and suffer some more. <laughs> but Jesus isn't saying it the way that I'm saying it. I don't believe. Jesus isn't standing over the man like, do you want to get well, you sack of potatoes? What are you... I believe the way that Jesus is saying it to him is this. Do you want to get well? It's not a statement about his desire. It's an invitation to opportunity. Do you, do you want to get well? I know the way. I am the way. I'm standing right here. It's me. I'm the solution. I'm the answer. Do you want to get well? Because I can do it. I can solve the problem. Do you want your finances to be well? I can do it. Do you want your relationships, your marriage to be well? I can do it. I'm right here. Do you want your body to be well? I can, I can do that. I'm right here. Do you want your mental space to be well? I, I can do that. I'm right here. Do you want to get well? Because I can do this. You see? <laughs> then look what happens next. Jesus heals the man. And let me show you what Jesus does not do. Father, in the name of me, make these legs work again. I cast out every demon, rebuke it in Jesus. In my name, I, I blah, 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 blah. Now rise up and... Right. It's not what happens. Jesus just gives him a command. Jesus just gives him a word. He doesn't say, I heal you. He says... Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. That's all he says. As he's lying there, the man is healed. But he doesn't know that he's healed until he gets up and obeys the word of the Father. And in the obeying of the word, his, his healing is evidenced. He could have just laid there on the mat, and we would have never known he was healed. The Bible says he was healed even before he got up, but he would have known it if he just laid on the mat. He would have known it, we would have known it, but as he obeyed Jesus' command, the healing was evidenced. Can I just say this another way? If we want a healing in our lives, if we want to remedy a solution, we have to participate with what the Lord is telling us. And as we participate with what the Lord is telling us, the healing is evidenced. The solution comes. 
Jesus isn't just going to stand over your life and say, Zhoop! he's going to give you a command to follow in faith. And as you follow him in faith, the evidence will come. You have to walk it out. In the Old Testament, there's a man named Naaman. Everyone say Naaman. Naaman was a leader, but he had leprosy. He had all these armies and all these troops and, and cavalry, all this stuff he had, but he had leprosy. So he's a great man with an issue. Like we all have our leprosy, whatever ours is. You could have so much great things, but we all have this one thing, right? Naaman's was leprosy. So he goes to Elisha, who's the man of God on the planet of that time, the prophet. And it says to Elisha, heal me. And what he wants Elisha to do is go, hocus pocus, mini hocus, you're healed, right? And that's not what he does. He says, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. And Naaman's like, I thought you were going to do some magic stuff and like, heal me. Like, woo. Right? I mean, I'm like Naaman. Like, Lord, do miracles in my life. Just fix it magically. And I was like, no, you got to walk it out. You got to do what I asked you to do. And as you do what I ask you to do, the evidence will come. So Naaman goes and washes himself seven times in the Jordan. Can you imagine the sixth time? He's like, I don't know if this is going to work. And the seventh time, leprosy leaves him. The evidence came when he obeyed the man of God, the word of God. John chapter 9, Jesus meets a blind man who's been blind since birth. You want to be healed? Yep. Again, Jesus doesn't go in the name of me. Your eyes are open. You may, remember, you may remember the story. He bends down on the ground, scoops up some dirt, <laughs> spits into the dirt, makes mud cakes and puts them on the, the blind man's eyes, thinking he already couldn't see Jesus. Like, <laughs> let's put a mask on him, <laughs> right? And so then he says to the blind man who now has a blindfold on, go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. I'm sending you to the pool and wash your eyes and when you do that, you'll be able to see. Now, the man could have stood there with mud cakes on his eyes and be like, really? He could have delayed. I don't, he could have done a lot of things. But what he chose to do was to obey the word. And as he obeyed the command of Jesus, the healing was evidenced. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Your wellness may be waiting on your obedience to the word of God. Let me rephrase that. Your wellness is waiting on your obedience to the words of God, which are here. And sometimes we wonder why we read the Bible, because God's going to give you a command that's going to heal you. God's gonna give you a command that's gonna heal your relationships. God's gonna give you a command that's gonna heal your mental condition, anxiety, depression. God's gonna give you a command to heal your finances. God's gonna give you a command so that when you go into work and the boss is rude and the boss is ugly or the coworker, whatever, you're going to be the person of God that changes the culture there. But it's only evidence when we walk out the words of God in our life. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. But Lord, I just want you to do it for me. Can I just lay in bed? Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Hmm. I want you to remember this, though. Jesus doesn't heal the man nor fix our problems. 
for no reason. He has a greater motive, a higher gift to bestow upon you than fixing your marriage, than healing your body, than restoring your finances to promote you in your position of, uh, at work or on your sports team, whatever the case may be. He has a greater purpose than what you're seeing in the natural. How do we know this? Because of what happens next in the story. Jesus has something he doesn't want us to miss. He doesn't want this man to miss. We know that because of verse 14, it says, later, Jesus found him at the temple. Don't you want to be the person Jesus is looking for? Hey, I still have some more business to do with you. I still have something great to give you. I've been looking for you. I've, I've come to find you. I mean, you don't usually find something you aren't looking for. Jesus was looking for this man. It tells us in verse 14, 13, that the guy didn't even know who it was that healed him. Sir, he says, I don't know who you are. And yet he healed him. And don't you know sometimes that we attribute the things of God to luck and good fortune? When God is moving in our midst to point us to something greater than what he's given us, these signs, these wonders, these miracles, it's Jesus moving on our lives. So Jesus finds the man, why does he find him again? He's already healed him, that's enough, right? You're done with the story, but there's something more that he wants to do that brings us to a second definition of the word valid, which means to be legally in force. Legal tender, valid money as opposed to counterfeit. You take counterfeit money, it's not going to work. You take legal tender, valid money, in God we trust, and it's going to work. Legally enforced. Invalid means legally useless. No force behind it. I don't know if you guys have ever done this. Uh, Christine and I, we like to go to this one movie theater. Uh, I'm almost scared to tell you where it is because then you'll start showing up and then we'll see you and can't be on a date. But also, nobody goes to this movie theater and it's so nice. They've refurbished it. They got the big old lazy boys that recline right. You know, some places you're like reclined weird and you have to crane your neck still to see. This is like super comfortable. They're clean. The popcorn's fresh. All right, here, you wanna know where? It's at Point Orlando. Regal Point. Don't go. I mean, I know Icon Park with the uh, big Ferris wheel has kind of taken over International Drive. Regal Point used to be the jam. Now it's kind of like a ghost town, but this movie theater's still there. It's like up, it's hard to get to. There's barely anybody ever there. When you go to Regal Point or Point Orlando, you park in a parking lot, you take a ticket. You got to take the ticket to one of the places of business. We take it to the movie theater, and then you swipe it in front of this thing. It goes, whatever, makes a noise. And then your ticket has been validated. And when your ticket is validated, your parking fee has been waived. It's not legally enforced. Before, it's just a piece of paper that I got to pay a lot of money for. Now it's been validated and I have to pay nothing. You starting to see where this is headed? You starting to smell grace on validation? <laughs> yeah. When Jesus finds the man, he's an invalid. And when Jesus heals the man, he's still an invalid. That's what Jesus sees. 
The man thinks he's an invalid because of his physical condition. The, Jesus knows he's an invalid because of his spiritual condition. When he gets to the gates of heaven, he has no validity. He has no legal business to enter heaven. And Jesus knows it, and it breaks his heart. So he goes looking for the man. You think you've got what you needed because your body's working. But I care much more about your spiritual self than your physical self. That's why he says to them the third hard thing. You're an invalid. Do you want to get well? And then he says, see you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse than 38 years of invalidity is going to happen to you. Jesus has weighed the scale. 38 years of invalidity or an eternity in hell. An eternity in the absence of the love of the Father. An eternity in the absence of the presence of love and life compared to 38 years. This is a blip compared to this. And Jesus says, stop sinning or this is going to happen. He's making the invitation to a life of faith to have this man's ticket validated. Let me just say that the simple truth. We all have a ticket of our lives. And without the validation of the blood of Jesus, when we arrive at heaven, we will be invalid. We will have no legal access into the throne room, into the presence of God Almighty. But by the blood of Jesus, our tickets become validated, and thereby faith, we are able to enter into the presence of God forever and ever and ever. And really, that starts here on earth in a relationship with Jesus by faith. Faith is the validation. It's not who you are or what you do. It's whose you are that validates you. 100%. Validation. Jesus didn't care as much about the man's physical condition as a spiritual condition, and he's showing us that through the miracle. That's what he's pointing to in the healing of the man next to the pool of Bethsaida. On Fridays, I sit right where you are, Aaron, and Aaron, double Aaron's, and uh, well, our staff prays every day. We read for half an hour, we pray for half an hour. Uh, it's different times during the day. On Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, it's 8.30 to 9.30. And usually Friday, I'm the only person here. There's one or two other people that come and go, but uh, most of the staff works Monday to Thursday and Sunday. I work Tuesday to Friday, and you don't care. Okay. <laughs> so Friday, I'm usually in here by myself. I pray, and I pray physically over every seat every Friday, touching them, praying for you, believing God's going to meet with you and touch your life, help you where you're hurting, show you the worth of who you are, the power of God that's in you, available to you, to not overcome what's going on in your life, but to be a help to all those who are around you, to become a kingdom ambassador for a spirit to invade your life and dispel the devil forever and ever, all these things, right? And as I was praying, I was back here, not much farther behind you, Coach Keith, uh, and the Lord said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. It was kind of loud like that. Not audibly, but in my spirit. I'm just praying all of a sudden. It's like, zoop. I'm like, yeah, I know that's what I'm preaching. 
He's like, no, I'm asking you to ask the people to get up, pick up their mat, and walk. To physically respond to my message. Not my message, his message. Today in his house. So I'm saying that to say I'm about to prayer, to prayer, I'm about to pray. And as I pray, there's going to be a moment when I'm gonna ask you to get up, pick up your mat and walk. And if you're in need of healing from the Father for any reason under the sun, then I'm gonna ask you to get up, pick up your mat and walk down here. And when you come down here, the Lord has given me something to give to you. So you gotta come, you gotta get out of the seat. You gotta activate the word of faith you got to activate the evidence of healing by getting up, not just sitting there and asking the Lord to hocus pocus in the name of Jesus, heal me, but to obey his command, to move into the healing that he has for you. You understanding? Say yes. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Move amongst your people. Father, I believe your compassion is so thick in the house. You love entirely every person that is here. And you're concerned not about the validity of their physical bodies. You're concerned about their spiritual self. And you desire to bring healing to all those who would want it. Both in the physical and in the spiritual. You're good. It's what you do. It's the kingdom of heaven at work. And Lord, we pray what Jesus taught us to pray that your kingdom would come in this building right now, just as it is in heaven. Your healing and glory, your power and wisdom, your very presence of love and life. Father, I pray that you would speak to the person in the room today who feels like they've tried every door except you. And today you're saying, try me. But don't try me just the begging kind, but try me in the obedience kind. Try me in the get up, pick up your mat and walk kind. Do you want to get well? Because I can do it. I alone can do it. And so if that's you here today and you wanna receive a gift from the Father, you wanna walk in obedience to what he's calling you to do, I believe he's calling you to do, then on the count of three, would you just join me here at the altar? One, two, three. You can come as you are ready. <clears throat> if you're sitting in a seat, feel no condemnation. Sometimes in a church service, when people are moving and, and obeying, you feel like, what does that make me? It doesn't make you anything. You're loved by God. If he's calling you forward, come. If he's not, sit. Either way, it's obedience. I do want you to know that you're welcome here. Your sin does not separate you from the love of God. Don't feel unworthy to come up. Can we make more room? Can you all slide in? Slide out so that those who are in the aisles can make their way. If you just close your eyes, those of you here, I commend you for coming. I believe that the Lord is gonna evidence the healing that you've been looking for in your life this week. 
I believe you're going to see breakthroughs. You're going to see walls start to come down. Little pebbles will crack off first and then maybe a gush of water bursting through that wall. And I believe healing of your physical body, your mental body, your spiritual body is all coming because he loves you. He wants to point you to relationship with the Father. Here's what the Lord asked me to read over you. It's Psalm 25. Very specifically, he gave this word to me for you. Psalm 25, in you, Lord my God, I put my trust. Before we go further, just make that your prayer. In you, Lord God, and nothing else, not my own work, not my own ability, not my bank account, not my status, nothing else do I put my trust in but you. I trust in you, do not let me be put to shame nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Let's pray that again. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Would you say it with me? Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful to those who keep the commands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive our iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? Father, I believe it is those who have walked forward. They fear you. They revere you. They're looking to you. He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My ears are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Only he will release my feet from the snare. No one else can do this. Only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. I feel the compassion of God touching this. To you that are lonely and afflicted, he's brought you here to love on you and show you his grace. He says, relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. In these final few verses, guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. My, may integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. Just repeat those words. Lord, my hope is in you. Lord, my hope is in you. Lord, my hope is in you. Lord, my hope is only in you. Bless you, God. 
Father, I pray that you would just intimately speak to every person here, seated, standing, gathered. God, is the intention of our heart to obey your command, so speak to us so that we know what to obey. Maybe you're hearing today that you need to confess a sin. You need to go to your wife and tell her something. You need to go to a brother and tell him something. Bring light on what has been dark. Maybe the Lord is telling you today that it's time to give up what you've been clinging to as your status, clinging to as your identity, and find your identity in Christ. Maybe the Lord is saying to you that it's time to walk in his provision, that you do not need to trust on what you can produce because he is Jehovah Jireh and he produces what is necessary every time, all the time. Maybe you need to trust the Lord today for your marriage. There's been harsh words, there's been distance, there's been separation, but the Lord says there's a better way. Humble yourself. Do not look at the care of yourself as much as you look at the care of your spouse. And as you care for him or you care for her, the Lord will care for you. Do your job as a husband. Do your job as a wife. Maybe today what you need to hear is that you need to go and forgive somebody. That as you go and forgive, the evidence of your healing will come. I'm just speaking whatever the Lord's put into my heart. And if it's for you, just capture it and let it reside in your spirit. And before you walk away, and it's time to walk away, make a declaration before the Lord. Make a commitment to him saying, I will obey your word because I trust you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope God is speaking to your heart through this message. If you'd like to connect with us, you can text CONNECT to 407-588-0115 or visit illuminate.church. Have a great week.